Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Big Conversations Podcast. Thanks for joining us again. So there's good news and there's bad news today. The bad news is that Peyton isn't back yet. The good news is that you guys have been asking me over and over and over again to bring someone on who disagrees with me to debate. And guess what? We're going to give you what you want today. Jennifer. Hello. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Yeah, good. This show is going to be a little bit different than a lot of the podcasts that we've done in the past. Because okay. normally we'll have a topic or two topics or whatever, and we'll try to kind of go into depth on many layers of the right. one issue, right? Yeah. Feminism is a very, very broad issue, and, and we might kind of cross the line to more political and, and things like that. Right. But rather than try to go into so much detail on one topic, Jennifer, I think what we're going to do is we're going to touch... A little bit less depth, okay. but cover more ground on okay. each one. Does that sound gotcha. good to you? Sounds great. Awesome. And I'm a brand new podcaster, so is this a good idea? I'm not old enough to know, but we're <laughs> going to find out as we go through the episode. So anyway. Perfect. Got to handle business. Word of the day. Word of the day is lacrimose. Lacrimose is an adjective, and it means tearful or given to weeping. Had you heard of that word before? I have not. I figured that. I Googled it just today. And I think the reason why I chose this word for today's episode is because one of the things we're going to get into is the fact that a lot of the times you ladies want a guy to be a little bit more emotional, be willing to cry and things like that. So you could say women want, okay, okay. Oh, let's do this over. Women love men who are lacrimose. Does that sound familiar? Yes. Yes, it does. It okay. does. Anyway, so... What prompted today's topic? Well, first of all, anybody who's been listening to me talk for a few years knows I am like the biggest Kevin Samuels fan in the world. I don't think he represents Christian values fully, okay. but I think that he does explain relationships in a way that is more factually correct than, than you hear with most of the content creators on the internet. And, and the internet is just buzzing with people who are okay. experts on right. relationships and things like that. Anyway, so I first heard about Kevin Samuels in 2020, 2020, before COVID. Yes, in 2020. And when I started to watch his content, I realized how strongly against the, the feminist community his message seemed to be. And maybe I shouldn't say feminist no. community because it's, it's not a community. It's most people. Right. But over the summer, as I just learned more and kept having conversations, I must have... Actually, I remember I posted a Jordan Peterson clip on my Instagram story. I went back and did my research and Jordan Peterson said that parents should have to stay married if they're having issues with each other and they have children because it's better for the children. Mm -hmm. And I remember Jennifer, you responded to that story and yet you weren't feeling that. I was not feeling that at all. <laughs> right. And so I wanted to have the conversation a little bit more. And so you were willing to talk about it. So we had a phone call for probably like. 45 minutes or yeah, something, something like that. I remember we talked about that and I, I expressed some opinions on how I thought that feminism was similar to the Black Lives Matter movement and how I kind of wasn't on board with the ideology of both of those things okay we're gonna get more into that a little bit later in the show and the other thing that prompted this conversation as well you guys the big conversation family in the comment section you guys are so busy twiddling your thumbs Love the engagement. I'm all for free speech, but hey, we got to bring the debate to the show. And that's why Jennifer's here. So, that's why I'm here. Yes. So why is this important? As I alluded to earlier, red pill content. Do most people know loosely what red pill means on the internet? 
I would say no. You'd say no, okay. So when we're talking about red pill content, do you think you could explain it pretty well? You might actually do a better job than I would. No? I don't think so okay. at the moment. I didn't go over that before. That's this. totally fine. So I'm going so, you take this one. Fresh and Fit, you may have seen their podcast, right? They have yes. the two guys at the table and they'll bring in a bunch of girls. Yeah. Red, the red pill is essentially, and I, I hope I'm explaining this well, they use the term blue pill and red pill. Blue pill is essentially you look at life and you say, this is what I want it to be. This is what feels good. This is what I like, right? right. Red pill means you essentially accept inconvenient truths and you move forward with your life, even if you don't like the way the rules happen okay. before the game of life. Okay. Gotcha. And specifically in the context of relationships, they've gone crazy. And this content is all over the internet. It doesn't matter what you do on TikTok. You're going to find clips of guys talking crazy about relationships and women. Yeah. And these women are even doing it too. Have, have you seen some of that? I have. It isn't. I'm here for it. There must be some <laughs> irony to that for you. Just a little bit. What, what do you think about women Women using men's talking points? Okay. If I can call it. Can them you that. give me an example of one of those talking points? Okay. So there's one YouTube channel. It's called Just Pearly Things. And okay. I don't agree with everything she says, but I find her really entertaining. So I check it out every now and okay. then. She says that she doesn't think women should be able to vote because women make bad decisions. And she also says that the reason why women have most of the consumer debt is not because of the gender wage gap, but because women are bad with money. And so women are better off having a man make those decisions for them with their finances. Oh, oh no. Okay. That's definitely yeah. a, an opinion, to say the least. Interesting oh stuff. God. We'll get into it a little bit more. And I think another reason why this is so important is because modern relationships from the red pill community and where they're going to say, oh, we're not a community, you're a community. But the red pill community and most people on the internet explain relationships as if it's a competition between men and women. Right. Like it's a zero-sum game. Like if you win, I can't win. If I win, you have to lose. Okay. I don't think that's the case. I think relationships are supposed to be a mutually beneficial relationship. Absolutely. I think everybody should put in 100% from both sides. I don't believe in 50-50 relationships. You don't put in 50 and the other person puts in 50. You put in 100 and the other person puts in 100. That's I like just, that. Yeah, that's just like how it is. And if somebody's lacking one day and they're putting in 75, you put in 125. You make up for that. Like it always has to... Somebody always has to be putting in effort. Right. And I don't think it should be split down the middle. I think you should just put full effort in. Yeah. And this is going to be one of those points we actually agree on, which, which oh might end up God. being rare on the show. That's but That's crazy. I think it's important that you explain it that way. Okay. People who are thinking about only giving half. Right. When you get half-ass outcomes, don't wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> let's just get on to it. What are we talking about? So Jennifer, I don't think that men and women are the same. Now, do you want to put the word equal on that or do you not? I'm willing to have the conversation and here's why. Because equal, if we think about it as a math equation, one plus one equals two, right? Right. Equals implies that this one and this one are the same thing as that two over here. Yes. I don't think men and women are the same. I think it's an onion. I think there are... a bunch of layers to whether men and women are equal. I don't think it's as simple as a math equation as something being one plus one equals two. I think there's 50 things over here and 25 things over here in order to equal like a bunch of answers. It's not just one answer. Does that make sense? It does make sense. So okay. 
how are men and women the same and how are they different in your mind? Okay, in, in a way, men and women are not built the same physically. Men most of the time, majority of the time, are going to be physically stronger than a woman. And I will fully admit that. But when it comes to the work world, the business world, the, the home life and all of that stuff, I believe that they should be the same. I don't think one person should be greater than the other because of their gender. Okay. What if I said one isn't greater than the other, but they have different roles? Would you have a problem with that? And if so, why? I think, see, but I think that you're saying that in like one person can only have one role and the other person has another role. When I think that the roles are transversal, I think you can put them wherever you want. I don't think a man has to be the head of a household. I think a woman can be the head of a household very fine. Like, I, I don't think that it's just for one okay. person. Unlike, I feel like you think differently. Here, here's what I think. Okay. <laughs> and I'm going to make a generalization here. So I want to make it very clear. I'm generalizing, but I okay. think it's appropriate to do that in this conversation. Because okay. it's also a generalization to say that men are stronger than women. There are right. some women who are way stronger oh, than most men. For sure. That's why I said majority. Exactly. Okay. And again, I will say, as a majority... It seems women prefer to be in a situation where a man is the leader and is taking charge and is heading up the household. Women across the board seem to prefer not having that responsibility on their shoulders. And conversely, men seem to have a difficult time following the lead of anyone else. And it's not because she's a woman. It's because men usually have somewhat of a need to be the man in their own household. Like so, in charge. I- essentially. Yeah. And now, now, is that a desire for power? Yes. Have Absolutely. we been trained to say that that's a bad thing? Yes, we have. But I would challenge you and say, is it a bad thing? I wouldn't necessarily say that it's a, like a bad thing, but I'm not also saying that it's like a good thing. I think that people do have the roles of whatever they want. And I'm not saying it's wrong for a man to be the head of a household. I just don't think that it's right to shit on a woman for being able to be the head of a household because a man would much rather like want to be the head of the household. Okay. Does that make it, it does make sense. Okay. Here's what I think about this. Okay. So, and we're not going to get too deep into the, the no. gender discussion today, okay. pronouns, stuff like that. If you want to, I'd love to have you on another time. Maybe we can dive into that. Okay. Different conversation. Perfect. But gender from a scientific perspective, not sex, but gender is a continuum, right? Okay. You can be more male or more female, and some women are more masculine than some men. Some men are more feminine than some women. Okay. But generally speaking, men are going to be in a position where they're going to want and need to lead. And most women, as I understand it, I'm not a woman, are going to be Correct. in a position where they would rather be led by a man. Am I incorrect on that? For me, for me personally, I like to be in charge of things. I like to be, I don't, I'm not going to say I like to be the head of my household. Right now in my apartment with my roommate, I'm the head of the household. I pay all the bills. Thank you. (laughs) I pay all the bills. (laughs) Thanks. I pay all the bills. I'm the one that does the trash. I buy the groceries. I take care of the cat. Like I do everything that I'm supposed to do for my apartment. So I would say that I'm the head of the household and I live with a guy. So, I mean, I would expect um, him to like step in and help me, but I'm, I'm perfectly fine doing it by myself. I think I'm more than capable as in living proof of me being able to take care of a household. 
granted I don't have children so like I don't have like another responsibility but I do have a kitten and that's enough responsibility in itself but I think that I I work I make my own money I am able to have the responsibility to be the head of my household therefore I don't see why any other woman shouldn't be allowed to be the head of her household are you Jennifer and, and you bring up a good point and, and guys you got to understand I don't make the rules I just call it as I see it God decided that women should be more invested, shall we say, in the birth and development of children at a very young age. Men don't get pregnant, women do. So from that standpoint, I'm going to ask you, do you think that the fact that most women want children means that they probably need a man who is willing to lead them in the home? I don't necessarily think that they need a man to be the lead of the household because what if they're a lesbian and they have they've adopted children and they're two Look, women let me pause you right there this is a different conversation but <laughs> i, I really feel like go it's here. the same because <clears throat> like, you said does she need a man to be in charge of the household i did say that yeah and you know what's funny i, I remember <laughs> we talked about this we a did. couple <laughs> summers ago we talked about, because one of the things i said whether on the call or on Instagram mm -hmm. before, as I said, I don't think that a man can raise a girl to be a woman, and I don't think a woman can raise a boy to be a man. Well, I don't think and it's 100% up to them to do that. They have friends, they go to school, they're influenced by other people of the opposite gender. Like, they have other roles. It's not like they're stuck inside of a house with only one person of the opposite gender, and they're in charge of raising them for who they should be. No, that's true. And Jordan yeah. Peterson talks about how kind of your job as a parent, and I don't know if you put stock in Jordan Peterson or not, but it doesn't matter. What he says is that it's a parent's job to raise their child up to the age of, I believe it was about five years old. Mm -hmm. And at that point, they're becoming raised and socialized mainly by their friends because and by they other go to people. School. Yes. Absolutely. Not by their parents. So, so I understand the point you're trying to make. However, you, you seem to be implying children are just as well off with two male parents or two female parents as a male and a female parent. Absolutely. Really? Absolutely. Why do you think that's the case? I think, um, I think everybody is, or not, not everybody is capable to raise a child. But if you are financially stable, you have a good home, you have good morals, you have good, like, you're well off, basically. And, like, you think that you're able to raise a child, you have that in you, by all means do it. Take somebody out of the foster care system. Like, take them under your arm. I don't think it should just go to people who are a guy and a girl married together. I don't think that that's, like, it should be limited to that. Because then what about all those kids that are stuck in the foster care system? I've heard that argument before. Yeah. And I'm not going to hammer this one too hard because I don't have a specific stat to tell you. Right. But it's my understanding that children grow up a lot better off with a mother and a father in the home than they do with any other combination of families okay. do you happen to have any any stats to push back on that i don't necessarily have a stat but i do have two friends that are adopted by two mothers that are together mm -hmm. and they are fine okay <laughs> they're very well off so i do have like those two friends to like pull back on to be like yeah like they they grew up in a two-mother household and they're doing just fine but then again i was they don't really they don't have the genes from those parents because they were both adopted. But I don't think that it's all about genes. I, did, I believe that has some part in it, but it's also like the environment that you're raised in can have a huge impact on how you're gonna grow up. That, that much I could concede to. Yeah. Anywho, and that's, we'll, we'll just move on to the next point. Perfect. Well, well explained, well explained. A lot of women say that they want guys to be more emotional. Okay. 
I don't think women actually want that, even though that's what they say. Talk to me. Okay, what's your definition of emotional? Let's just get really specific for the purposes yes. of this conversation. Yes. I don't think men should cry in front of their women. Oh. Now, that's a generalization too. Right. There might be a specific situation where, I don't know, my mom dies. Okay. And I cry in front of my woman. Right. That's a very specific situation. But for most things that could go wrong in life, I don't think I should do it. I think <laughs> a lot of times women need to see that a man is emotionally sturdy. And that if they need to unload some of their issues, they can do that without him also crumbling. And when a man cries, he's signaling, I can't handle the stress of life. I need you to pick me up. And this goes back to the leadership thing I was talking about earlier. You could argue maybe some women are capable of and want to be the leader in their home. Right. I'm not saying none are. I'm Absolutely. saying most are not. I think... Okay, so you jump straight from, like, emotions being to crying. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that, and then we'll circle back to something else that okay. I want to talk about. But um, I, I don't, I wouldn't see that as, okay, if you're crying to me literally, like, every single day about, like, the smallest things in life, like, if somebody was rude to you at your job and you're going to sob to me about it, no, I don't want that. I, I that's... Stop being like that. Okay. But like if you if you're going through a hard time and you are like very stressed out, like school is going hard, like your job is just being so difficult, you just like your car tire pops, like everything is just going down. You're struggling in your relationship just a little like there's arguments or something like that. Literally anything. And like you are just so stressed out and like you just you come to me and you start like crying and you're like, I literally am so stressed out, I don't know how to handle my stress, I don't know what to do. I'm gonna I'm gonna comfort them. I'm gonna like I'm not going to consolidate them. I'm so sorry. Um, I'm going to comfort them and I'm going to be there because they're showing me that they can be vulnerable around me, which shows that they have trust in me to be able to do something because with the stigma around men and crying and like being emotional for any reason, get shit on so heavily that I feel like if through all of the stigma, you're still able to come to me and be vulnerable and cry in front of me. I think that that's actually a sign of strength. Hmm. Okay, so <laughs> I kind of zeroed in on crying earlier, and yes. maybe we can circle back to that again afterward, but right. I want to open the conversation up a little bit more, because I want to know what you mean, and what you think most women mean when they say okay. they want men to be more emotional. And I probably still disagree, but I'll hear you out first. Okay, <laughs> no problem. Um, when I say, if I said that I want men to be more emotional, it is just a statistic that like 60, I think it's 60 to 70% of all suicides are men. I and heard 80%. 80%. Yeah, yeah. I, I heard it was a big number, but I wasn't 100% sure. 80% um, of all suicides are men. And I believe that that's because they are just not allowed by society to have any emotions or share people. So crying out for help, being like, I'm depressed, I'm suicidal, any of that looks weak. So why are they going to do that? Let me push back on that. Okay. The majority of attempted suicides are by women. It's Perfect. just women Perfect. aren't brave enough to put a gun to their head or jump in front of a train or do something that they know is going to kill them. They Say try again. taking a few pills or something that's not quite going to kill them. And when it doesn't kill them and a family member finds them, then they get taken care of in the medical system and then they're okay. Why do I bring this up? Here's what I'm saying. If the reason people are suicidal is because they can't express their emotions, why are women attempting suicide more than men? I, that's a crazy question. Glad you asked that. Um, 
Well, <laughs> um, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. I didn't, mm -hmm. I, I don't know if I necessarily have like a, like an opinion on it. I have thoughts on it, but it's not like a strong opinion on it. You know, I feel like when women get emotional, they, I'm not going to say irrational because I don't think women make irrational decisions. I think anybody is capable of making irrational decisions. Don't get me wrong. I'm but, with you there. Okay. Sure. <laughs> I think anybody sure. can. But um, I think that sometimes people are looking for short-term solutions to long-term or long-term problems. And so the short-term solution is to just jump the ship, is to just get out while you can. And some people aren't thinking of like the heaviest way to take it out. Like... They're not thinking of grabbing a gun. They're not thinking of jumping off a bridge. They're not thinking of jumping in front of a car or a train or anything like that. They're thinking, oh, I have sleeping pills. Let me take a bunch so I can go to sleep and not have to feel anything. And it'll just, it'll be so peaceful. And then I'll go okay. kind of a way. And I feel like that's, it's just kind of, it's a less dramatic way. Does that make sense? It makes sense. Okay. So let me ask you this then. And okay. we'll, we'll use the crying as an example. You don't have to cry to be emotional. We all know that. Absolutely. But just for the case of the I conversation. I don't think everybody does know that. I don't, I don't think a lot of, a lot of men understand that anger is an emotion. I think that when people- Anger is or isn't an emotion? No, I don't think men believe that anger is an emotion. Do you believe it is? I do. Okay. I fully believe Because I've heard people say that it's not, I, I don't have an opinion on I it. It's kind of just one of those things. Especially like on the topic of like men and women in politics, men don't believe that women should be in politics because they're more emotional, but they forget that anger is an emotion and that men have so many like anger problems out there that it's just, oh my gosh, it's just so funny to me. That's interesting. And I think that I do think a lot of men think that women shouldn't be in politics because they're too emotional. Right. I don't think that personally. I, mean I think men tend to be better politicians because men tend to be better at focusing on one thing and or letting the rest of their life rot. And, and stealing and all Well, that. not better, but right. both men and women do the same thing. Right. Agree or disagree? Oh, I fully agree. Everybody's capable of evil. I don't think it's just <laughs> men or just women solely. I think gotcha. a lot of people can do wrong. And for the record, I, I would 100% for be for defunding all politicians, quite frankly. I, I saw a t-shirt that said that up. Not my original <laughs> words. But anyway, b back to the emotional thing. So I think that one important thing to bring up is that what you're describing, valuing the fact that a man is willing to be vulnerable with you, right. that only applies to a man that you were already sexually attracted to when you first saw him. I don't think that would apply if, how do I explain this? So if a guy, you saw him at a coffee shop every day, you both came to study there every day, just randomly, right? And gotcha. he would always be crying over his paper and struggling, or let's, let's not even say always crying, <laughs> but you saw him cry at least once and he just looked like he was down bad. Oh, I can't get this done, right? That's sobbing. You see if him crying. He, okay. <laughs> Let me dial it back. You see him crying. He's wiping tears every few seconds. Then he comes up and approaches you after you've seen that. You're probably not going to say yes, are you? I don't think he's going to approach me after that. Let's say he does. I don't, I don't think he will. Let's say he does. I just don't think that's going to happen. Okay, well, I'll, I'll move forward. Let's just pretend you said yes to that even though you did Like, in the same way that if I... Sorry, I hit that. Like, in the same way that if I were crying over homework 
and I saw this really attractive guy and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I hate it here, I hate this school, I hate my okay. assignment. I need to clarify. And then I like walk up to them and I'm like, different hey, by day. the way, like you're attractive. Can I different get your day. number? Different day. It's a different let, day. Let's say it was okay. you and me. Okay. On Monday, you see me crying over my paper by my laptop. Okay. Tuesday, I see you again. You remember who I am. You remember what I was doing yesterday. Okay. Then I come up to you. The fact that I was crying is going to be a barrier to me succeeding at getting that number or whatever. Am I wrong? I don't, I, I think you, you don't are. think so? I, I mean, I think you're wrong. I don't really? think that, yes, I don't think that that's a barrier. I think for some people, like some women that are like, I'm going to put a title on it. For some women, they don't like that. They fully want a guy who's just very like concrete in their beliefs, concrete in like being a man, quote unquote, and like being super masculine. Like they're not going to cry in front of anybody. They're not going to like be over dramatic over anything because they're just like point blank period, you know? Okay. So what, so what kind of woman would that be then? And, I, and contrast that. What kind of woman would want a man who's emotional? What kind of woman would not? I think that it depends on your, like your morals. If, if I need an example, I, I will give one. Go for it. Um, for me, I have certain morals, so to speak, that are, I believe in like inclusivity of like everybody. I don't think we should solo anybody out just because they're different or anything like that. And I feel like that can also tie into like the relationship. Like, why am I going to solo somebody out of the dating spectrum? Because I saw them crying once. I feel like that's not something that will determine whether you'll be a good partner, whether you'll like have a good job in the future, whether you're going to get an A on a project. I, I don't think it has anything to do with that. I think they were just having a really stressful time. And I feel like that's what I would leave it at. That makes sense, but I right. think but. <laughs> I think what women do all the time that, that I would push back on is women say, oh, it doesn't matter. I'll give this person a chance or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm not God. I don't see everything. But when I pay attention and look out at the girls, at, excuse me, at the guys, those girls are giving their attention to flirting with sleeping with whatever. Mm -hmm. It's not the guys who are crying in the coffee shop. It's the guys who are not crying in the coffee shop. Now, do they go to their home and cry by themselves? Perhaps. I don't know. I, like I can speak for myself. I don't cry. I, I really don't cry. I, I've made. Tears. No, I, I really don't. And that, I'm not even trying to brag about that. I'm just saying I don't usually cry. And I think there's a lot of guys like me who really don't cry at all. That's good for you. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that that's wrong or right. I think like that's something I feel like you have adapted to do. And that makes sense. We're humans. I won't entirely disagree with that. You're right. I was like, I feel like us as humans, like we have tear ducts. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, what are those for? Those right. are to cry. I will like, say in my defense though, there. I think me and many guys learned to not cry as Absolutely. much because of how women treat guys who cry. I, we see it and we learn, oh, that's not what works. If she sees me crying, my options I are I feel reduced. like it's like, it's a very small amount of women that will do that. I don't think it's the vast majority. I think there's a few people who like get out there and stuff like that. Like they get famous or they get pop, super popular amongst people. And so then everybody turns to them and they're the person who we follow. They're the person who we're going to like coffee after and I think if one person that everybody looks up to like in a high school there's always that one popular girl and that one popular guy 
always every movie every actual high school there's those two people that and they're like meant to be together or whatever but like those are the people who you follow whatever they wear you're wearing whatever he wears all the other guys are wearing how she treats him that's how they expect all of their girls to treat them and blah blah blah, blah and like vice versa so i think that when people pick like one person makes all the standards for people i think they just have like a bunch of sheep following them and i don't think people know how to make decisions for themselves I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. And I think this is going to be that point where we're going to have to split apart on this right. one specific issue. Because I'll believe that you're being honest and right. you're speaking how you feel you want Absolutely. to be. However, how I think I if I actually tracked the guys you've given attention to in your life okay. and I track whether those guys were emotional or not, I'd bet a solid amount of money that you have been very much more into guys who are not emotional rather than emotional. But that's... We'll leave your personal life off the show. I'm not actually trying to dig. That, that's just how I see it. Okay. Okay. But let, let, let's zero into what I was talking about earlier before we move to the next point. Okay. I think women only appreciate that vulnerability from men mm -hmm. that they're already sexually attracted to. Okay. See, most of the time when girls talk about what kind of guy they want, what qualities they like in a guy, right. they're describing the good person traits. He's kind. He would be a good father. He's emotionally available they'll use that word they'll okay. say he listens whatever right they okay. don't describe the traits that would make them want to go to bed with that guy but okay. both those things are important for a relationship to work out and i think part of the reason why i'm kind of disagreeing with you on the point of being emotional is not because there aren't extreme situations right death in the family where a guy can't cry yeah. but i think guys need to understand that them just putting their emotions out there for the world to see is not a net positive for them in the dating well, marketplace. Well, I didn't say that, but I, I okay. like... Because I gave you an example of right, a guy crying like, at a coffee shop. Right. That's in a public place. And it's, you said it's not a big deal. Well, I mean, I don't think it's a big deal. Like, I'm not going to be like, oh my God, guys, look, it's a guy crying in public. Barf, vomit you. Like, I'm not going to... It's not something that I'm going to just like hate on if the moment I see it. I will sit there and be like, oh, he must be going through a hard time. If I see him there every single day with his little cappuccino and he's like sobbing, I'm gonna be like, does he need help? Is there something wrong with him? But I feel like it's not limited to a guy. If I saw a girl doing the same thing, if I saw her doing it one time, I'm like, damn, like she's stressed. Like that poor girl, she probably needs some help. She needs some prayer or something like that. And then if I see her crying every single day that I'm there at 6 a.m. at the coffee shop and she's just sobbing, I'm gonna think she's depressed or something's wrong. And I'm gonna be like, we need to call somebody. Like she's not okay. <clears throat> I think it's just like the public, the public place setting. But like if you're at home and you're doing that, I mean like through your personal life, I don't know anything about it, but like maybe don't do that in a public place unless it's like something like super there because i feel like that's just like throwing emotions out into the middle of everything fair, if that fair. makes sense and, and jennifer i understand what you're saying i know just being very frank here it's okay. i think women don't understand what they're sexually attracted to and i i think that's what i'm hearing expressed right now but it also depends on like how they look like it's not just like a it's not just a random person that's like sitting there crying. Mm -hmm. Like it has to be like a somebody that I personally would be sexually attracted to, right. would possibly see potential. Yeah. But she would be like much that. less sexually attracted to him if he was crying. And that's what I don't think you understand. You don't, that's what you don't think I understand? <laughs> I don't think you understand. Why? Why are you gonna tell me what I don't understand? I can't tell you right. well, you just what did. you're thinking, but what I can see is how girls react. 
Right. I can see if you're reciprocating attention from a guy or not. Right. That's what I can see. But have you seen that play out? Have not you with you personally, but right. with many girls. Oh, yeah. Oh, with someone yeah. crying and like then going up to I've, somebody? Not in the same day. I, I can't say I've seen one guy in one <laughs> coffee shop cry and go back to the same coffee and shop the next day. With a girl. I haven't seen that. Right. What I've definitely seen is guys who tend to be more emotional in public, not getting the same type of okay. sexual attraction expressed from girls. Okay. And when, when I say sexual attraction, people might think I'm taking it all the way to does she sleep with him. Right. I'm not trying to well, take it up. What I'm trying yeah. to say is there has to be that base level of physical attraction for right. any of this Absolutely. Work. But I think it works both ways, which I think I may have briefly, like, you on. did, but like, I, like it I, works the same for a guy and a girl. And see, you you essentially like, pushed back and said, "How do I know what you think as a woman? Absolutely. How do you know what I think as a man? How do you know that I'm turned off by a girl crying? I don't. I don't. Because I'm, that. I'm, I'm telling you, you I'm not. I'm turned off by a guy that's crying. I don't, but I can see what you do. Well, you've never seen me react to a guy that's crying. No, when I say I'm not talking about <laughs> Jennifer, I'm talking about. Oh. All right, all over, buddy. I guarantee you there's another clip in there, by the way. I'm, I'm glad that we had that little spot. Okay. So one of the things that I remember we talked about in the conversation on the phone before, and I, you're a strong woman. You like to lead. I'm going to let you kick this one off here. What is the difference between feminism and a radical feminism? Okay. So we have feminism. Feminism is the the advocacy for women's rights and women's freedom and radical feminism is like man haters that just don't want any men on the planet or anything like that and i would say that i'm a feminist although you may disagree with me on that because of our previous conversations but anyways i want to hear from you what your issue is with feminism in general because i remember on your little your little reels that you had on instagram you had a bunch of opinion saying yes, that like that neither feminism is right or something else and i was like you don't think feminism's right hmm. yeah so continue now what i'm about to describe is feminism you might describe as radical feminism i'm gonna call it third and fourth wave feminism and, and we actually talked about that in the andrew tate episode go listen to it but anyway <laughs> radical fem I'll, I'll say radical feminism. Let's mm -hmm. go with that just okay. for easy conversation. I may correct you. Radical, radical feminism is a supremacy movement. Radical feminism puts women and women's needs and women's value as human beings above men. Mm. I'm not here playing the victim. I'm not complaining. Oh my God. No, not saying that at all. No. Not saying that at all. But what I am saying is because of some of the biological differences between male brains and female brains, women being told that they need to fill the roles of a man hurts women. Who's telling them that? Society. Women are, women are told that them going to be the CEO of a company is more fulfilling to their life and better than being a mom and staying at home. Now, That's what you're saying, the, radical feminism is saying, right? Yes. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I don't have a problem with a woman going and being a CEO. Absolutely not. But what I do no know is that statistically speaking, a lot of the reason why the glass ceiling exists is because women are in the workforce for a certain number of years. And then they say, oh, actually, I want to have a family. 
And it's hard to put in 90 hours at work and compete with the people doing that and also have children at home. That's why you have a partner so to they help just, you. I understand that, but Correct. men don't get pregnant. So women are the ones right. who after delivery are going to have to take some time off. Right. Again, I don't make the rules. Right. What I'm saying is when women are told you want this promotion more than you want a family, that's when they can end up 45 years old no children regretting, you know what, actually I wanted a family and I get this big paycheck, but I'm by myself with it. I want children. Right. I feel like that's not the, that's not the goal of it. If that makes, it's not to tell you. But is that not what it does? Well, it's, but that's not, that's not what it is. It's, what is it? I mean, I feel like there's a way that that could like be in there, but I think that by you saying like, this is more important than having a family, that's not what they're saying. What they're saying is they're equal. You can pick one. You can do them both if you really want to. There's no hate to them. But it's not so, It's not saying that you shouldn't be a CEO and that you should have a family. That's not what anything else is. It's not also that you should be a CEO and just like screw the family. Like you don't have a family. Just be a CEO. Make the power move. It's not doing that. It's saying that you have the ability as a woman to be the CEO. You have the ability as a woman to be in charge, to be the person in power. It's not saying that you only get to be the person in power and that you only get to be the CEO is that you get to be whatever you choose to be. So from what I've heard, women who choose to take the stay at home, less public prominence kind of route. Right. They, I won't say that they're directly insulted, but they're spoken to as if, as if they're only doing that because they believe in the patriarchy or they, they don't believe they can be anything more. The people who are CEOs or the people who stay at home? The people who are CEOs. The women gotcha. who are the CEO types tend to tell the women who stay at home, you're staying at home because you feel like that's your role and that's what you have to do. That's what um, I've heard. Now, I don't hear all the conversations. If right. you've heard something very different, I'm happy to hear. Right. But I think that feminism when feminism was giving women the right to vote and when feminism was giving basic things like that it was critical it was very important what right. rights do you need in 2022 that you don't have i i'm not it's that's not the point of it it's not that i need more rights it's not that i am not legally equal to a man it's the stigma around it that women are less valuable than a man is people are more likely to how hide. many people do you think actually think that I think quite a few. Really? Yeah. Are are they both men and women? I would say or just so. Men? I mean, there's not just like female liberals. There's not just male conservatives. Like there's both on both sides. And I feel like it's a pretty equal amount okay. on either side. Let me ask you then. Have you heard a female conservative essentially explain why she is the way she is? So I... I really wish Peyton was here right now because then, then we could just have the conversation in real time about right? that. What, what do you think? Really what, did did you watch the show? really wish she was here. I was yeah. here too. Anyways. I don't know exactly where we were going with that. So I guess we can, let's. You were saying about the, the women, what women, how they are the way that they are. Yeah. So when you say feminism allows people, allows women to be whatever they want to be and gives right. them the option. On paper, I agree that's what it is. I think in reality, what they're actually doing is pushing women, no, you want to be a girl boss. No, you want to own your own company and you want to be the CEO and you want to do all these things and you don't want to just be at home with your children because that's okay. lesser. You want all this other stuff. And I okay. think when you actually look 
at what a lot of women end up doing who have those jobs. They're either unhappy with all their money or they leave. How could you be so unhappy with that much money? I feel like that's not a thing. I don't make the rules. But I, I heard and fact check this, guys. I'm not, again, on this show, we're having a conversation. We're not claiming to be the statistician. So look everything up. I've heard that the statistically most unhappy group is middle-aged single women without children. Oh. Continuing, you know, with feminism, radical feminism, whatever. Okay. One of the hot button issues is abortion that people always talk about with feminism. Correct. I'm going to be honest with you, Jennifer. I think that abortion hurts women more than it helps them. I disagree. I'll tell you why. When, Please do. Yes. After getting an abortion, the rates of depression among women right afterward and the feelings of guilt are very, very prevalent. And those can tend to last a lifetime. Pregnancy is not a disease. You can have the baby if you're not able to take care of the baby. We have yes. systems, adoption centers. Well, I know where you're going with that. I'm going to fully disagree with you there and say that having a child changes the entire course of a woman's life. The entire course of it. Like, say right now for me, junior in college, I'm just changed my major. I'm going strong. I end up have like, I find out that I'm pregnant. I... I'm going to now have to, I might finish out this semester, but in a couple months, I'm going to start showing. I go to an Adventist college where I cannot be pregnant when I'm unwedded. So I am. Is that a rule? Yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. Keep it going. really is. Um, if I, if I'm not married and I'm having it out of wedlock, I'm not allowed to be pregnant on campus. I could see that. Um, yeah. I mean, it makes sense for an Adventist college, right, but, right. um, anyways, I am at college. I'm going to have to stop going to college. I'm going to have to finish out my pregnancy. I'm going to have to start working. I don't have a stable job right now. I work at it as a server. I make, I mean, I make pretty good money, but I don't make enough to take care of me and my child. Nonetheless, I'm not married. I don't have a partner that's going to help me take care of that child. I'm not going to have to try and get an education while raising a child so that I can have that job, but that's most likely not going to happen because I'm going to get consumed with having the child and having to raise the child and all my money is going to have to go to the child to raise it in a way that I would want it to be like, like how I grew up. So what if you had the child and you gave the child over to the foster system? Well, I still have to go through birth. Why would I want to do that? If would I'm you rather go it? through depression for years afterward? Well, I may not get depression. You might not, but you might. Especially, and I feel like what goes with that is not like, it's, I think we're thinking of two very different things that come with abortions. You're thinking of like a baby, like it's, it's like seven months in the womb. Like you can tell that it's a human fetus and all of that. And then you're like, never mind. Just kidding. Don't want it let's get rid of it. Let's chop off all the limbs. Let's pull it out and let's like kill it, I guess. That's like, I feel like that's what you're going at with an abortion. You can have an abortion. I'll, at, I'll just clarify. At 12 weeks. I'm, I'm talking about the 12 week abortion. Okay. All of it. I, I, I would like, hope that you're not good with an eight month abortion. Right. I mean, um, I mean if you are, <laughs> we could have that conversation, but I, I, that's not what I'm referring to. I feel like, right. That's, that's a separate conversation, which I'm pretty sure that we'll get to in a couple minutes. But I think that I'm talking about like up to 12 weeks. What is that? That is that big? Mm -hmm. It's less than that. Like you can't even can't even tell 
that it's a, a fetus. You can't tell that it's yeah. a human. It's an embryo. Like it's there's literally it's a little blood clot. It's not a. It's not blood a. Clot. It's a blood clot. It's not something that has feelings. Well, let it, me ask you that. At what point does it become a human? The, at what point does it gain life? Yeah, uh, is is it even appropriate to draw them? So once the baby could survive outside of the womb, that's I, when it becomes alive. Yeah. Okay. In my opinion. So even if it has like a head and a face and a beating heart, but if it couldn't survive, it's not a human? I think if it does have a, if it is able to survive out of the womb, I think that it is able to be, cons I think it's able to be, whoa! Yeah. <laughs> I think it's it, able it's to be considered well. as, um, as a human, as something that will survive. Let me pause you. Okay. Can you re-explain kind of that sentence about if if it's able to survive? Because like I was over talking you for a while, and that's going to be bad audio. It's okay. Absolutely. Where was I? Ask the so, question. What was I? So doing? the question. I think my roommate might have just got home. So okay. If the door does open, just like pause or something. Okay. Kind of Sounds good. Yeah. So the question know. is, the question is, at what point? does a baby become alive if it's just a blood survival cord? outside of the womb i think as soon as it's able to be outside of the womb it is able to sustain life it is able to be okay you have a little blood clot you take that out it's not going to survive why would you what it doesn't okay. make sense to me okay, I hear you. you know what's interesting though jennifer I'm not trying to jump all over you. I'm, I'm not trying to put you in a bad situation with this right. conversation. It might surprise you to hear me say this. I personally am actually pro-choice. Right. And the reason why is because I don't think that it's the government's job to tell you what private medical procedure you can have for Absolutely. yourself. Absolutely. Right? I don't think it's so, anybody's job to tell you what you should do with your body yeah. other than yourself. And I'll, I'll be very clear here. I think abortion is murder at any point in the process. And I think that it's a bad idea for a woman to have an abortion, not only because it's morally wrong, but because the mental health How effect. How is it morally wrong? Is it morally wrong to kill somebody? I, yes. Okay, we're gonna disagree on where the life starts. I'm going to say the life starts at, at conception. If it's a life at conception and you choose to take that life, you're taking someone else's life. A lot of the people who are pro-life, they're going to say, oh, you should be able to do what you want to do with your body. But the embryo is not your body. Oh. That's someone else's body. So that, that's where they come from on it. Does the body know that it's a body? The body doesn't know it's, it a, doesn't body, know it's a body. I don't Can think the that's the point. feel pain? I don't know. I would assume it, no. No. Do you remember being in the womb? throughout any of the nine obviously months of being not. in there? Obviously not. So whatever that she is going to do during her pregnancy, whether she wants to keep it, whether she doesn't, it will, it's not gonna affect the fetus. It's not gonna affect her child. It's it's not going to, that it'll have absolutely no clue what's happening to it. It'll never know it was even a thought. I hear, never, I hear what you're saying. So I don't understand why people have made it such a political issue to tell women that they cannot have an abortion because it's a life when nobody, not a single person, remembers being in the womb, remembers being an embryo. Well, to it's be fair, nobody remembers being eight months old either. Absolutely. Nobody remembers being three months old either. Right. Would you have a problem with that baby being killed? Well, that's three months after they're born, they barely the open their eyes. I believe it's a 
So if they don't remember, then why is it now murder? Because murder they are before? able to survive outside of the womb. Okay. You I did mention that earlier. I did. <laughs> and you, you mentioned how the issue has been politicized too. And so mm -hmm. one, one thing I wonder about is a lot of women, liberal women, will say no uterus, no opinion. Absolutely. And I think I'm understanding a little bit better now from the basis of it's not actually a human to you right. at that point. It's just a blood clot. Yeah, it Women, is. Have you seen pictures of a little embryo? It doesn't even look like anything but a little blood clot because that's what it is. It know. could it could very much so turn into something else. It would evolve into that. And I'm not okay. saying that that's not possible because that's literally what it is. That's science. Yeah, that's, that's what but I'm just Yeah, exactly. That's just what I'm saying from like that standpoint. It's just, it's nothing okay. almost. So that's fine. Yeah. Why shouldn't men have an opinion on it though? Are they pregnant? No. Can they get pregnant? Do they contribute to pregnancies? I don't, I don't think that that is a substantial opinion to be able to tell a woman whether or not she can or cannot have an abortion. So what if, that that let's just say, I, and I'm not, but let's just say I'm a father. And I have a daughter of childbearing age. Okay. And I'm concerned that if she gets an abortion, she's going to live with that regret and live with that guilt for the rest of her life. Not to mention shorter term mental health issues that could affect her performance in school and things like that. Why should I not be able to cast my vote as to whether I think she should be allowed to make a bad decision or not? I believe that would be your wife's opinion to console her and to discuss with her and figure out what she wants. Does she want to start at 13? If she gets pregnant at the age of 13, is she going to have a child at the age of 13 when she is a child, a child, she hasn't even gone to high school yet. And she's going to have a child. She doesn't know what she, like, she doesn't know hundred percent what she believes in. She doesn't have morals. She doesn't have money. She doesn't have a job. She doesn't have a degree. She has nothing to contribute to raising a child. So how are you going to do that? So, well, or you, you birth, said like you're going to make you're going to force a 13 year old little girl to have a child. So you, you that's, said that's my wife's job to console her or whatever. I mean, I fully believe it would be the 13 year old's decision. A hundred percent. I think that it would be your wife's job to give her advice and be like, well, I think this and this and this. Your wife chose to have a child. She had the child, she had the baby. So she has so much more opinion. She's gone through childbirth. So if the 13 year old did for whatever reason, wanted to keep the child, the mother could be with her throughout all the way and be like, well, this is what you should experience. This is what I experienced. This is what this is. This is what I experienced. If you're not gonna do that, I have this and this and this, like the mom can help with resources and all of this stuff. Cause she's gonna know more about the woman anatomy than any guy ever will. Okay, I hear you. Ever. <laughs> What what if I know a lot about female anatomy? You can't. What do if you have what it? if I don't have it? No, no, but but I am not my daughter, and my wife is not my daughter either. Correct. Let me let me just go crazy here and play devil's advocate. Let's okay. say my wife and I adopted this girl, so my wife did not give birth to her, and let's say my wife okay. has not given birth. Would, would that situation change at all? No, it would be the same thing. She's still a woman. She still has the ability to relate more with her than you ever could. Okay, so I don't I don't have the parts. I'll concede that much. Are right. men not intelligent enough to get informed on the situation and offer advice? See, that that's what I'm really not understanding here. I, I'm not making the argument men understand what it feels like to be pregnant. Absolutely not. Not saying that at all. No. 
I don't understand why men shouldn't have an opinion on a situation that they contribute oh, to. Men can absolutely have an opinion on abortion. Like you can have an opinion on it, but you shouldn't necessarily like use that as a reason to stop somebody from getting one. You can think well, it to it, yourself. Isn't you that what no it. uterus, no opinion means though? You can have the opinion in your mind. I don't want to hear but, it. But like, think about those words for a second. No uterus, no opinion. Right. I mean, it, what they maybe, mean Maybe by, that's a bad way of wording it, but that's I what was, they say. I'm just saying, like, by the, the, by the way of saying, like, no uterus, no opinion. You don't have a uterus. You don't get to tell me what I do with my body. That's what it is. I, you, you can know, think whatever you're going to think in your head. Here's another thing I think we can have a good discussion on. I think that male feminists... Generalization. Yes, generalization. Male feminists are predators. The reason why men are feminists is because they think women like it. And they think women will be more likely to be friends with them. And if they're friends with them, that gives them the opportunity to maybe slide in later on down the road and have an opportunity with a woman. So men are just extremely horny. And Most just... male feminists are, yes. Mm. And again, you, you okay. talked earlier about how I'm not a woman. I don't understand female anatomy. Right. Women don't have to like it, but I, I'm telling you the truth here. By the way, Jennifer, one thing that's interesting, there's an analogy I can make with this that I think is perfect. So okay. have you heard of cuttlefish? I have. Perfect. So for the audience, a cuttlefish, it's not a fish. It's, it's a different kind of animal that lives in the ocean. What the cuttlefish does is it can change the color of its body depending on the situation to be camouflaged. When it comes to mating season, the big male cuttlefish are territorial and they'll keep a harem of females. The male cuttlefish that are small who are not big enough to fight off the other bigger male cuttlefish will change their color to look like a female who has just mated. That allows them to get with the other females. And when the bigger male is not looking, they'll quickly slide in and mate with that female. Jennifer, you don't have to like it. But what I'm telling you is most of the guys who you, who you will hear just out there expressing their feminist views. These are guys who were trying to, I hate Andrew Tate, their way into your pants. That's what they're doing. I would disagree. I, what evidence do you have to support that? The evidence that I have... Not challenging, I'm asking. ...is the way that they live their lives. The way that they aren't like Andrew Tate. They're not like these people that are just assholes with money and just, like, have these radical, radical opinions about how women don't deserve rights and all that stuff. Like, the way that they, like, constantly live their life... Um, for, for example, like they are supportive of whatever their female friends want to do. Like they're not going to be like, no, I think you look hotter in this. Like they'll be like, no, like they're, they're honest with them. Like the honesty factor with it. And I think that everything that like ties into it will be able to explain that I don't think that they're just trying to like have sex with me. I think that in the way that they live their daily lives, they are constantly making decisions that support their beliefs. In the same you. way that I, I try to do the same thing. I got it. And, yeah. and you brought up the Andrew Tate conversation before. I'm going to wrap this around. Here's why. The first clip that we posted, the first reel that you referenced where I said women love men who love Andrew Tate. Mm -hmm. The point I was getting at with that reel is that men are often really dishonest. 
men will say, I think this, I think that, whatever, because they know women will like it. But deep down inside, that's not actually what they think. Okay. But they know if they say that, they have a higher chance of having sex with that woman right. that they're willing I, to have sex with. Right. What I'm trying to say here is that a lot of the guys that you find to be feminists who will tell you that they're feminists and will talk to you like they're a feminist when they're around you won't say the same things when they're not around you. Right. When they're with a group of guys, it's a totally different conversation. Now, right. where are your morals? Like, you have to weigh for yourself what kind of men you want to associate Absolutely. with. That's none of my business. What I'm saying is that most of these male feminists are being dishonest about their views and why they're doing what they're doing. It's okay. not because they respect you. Oh, no, I, I wouldn't say that. I believe majority of men don't respect women in general. Really? I, I in think... general, you think the majority <laughs> yes. of men don't respect women? Really? I think okay. a lot of the ways that they treat women are a way to have sex with them. I think a lot of the ways that men interact with women will be very flirtatious. It'll be very like, oh, like, what are you doing tonight? Or anything in a way that perceives them as like wanting something from them. It's never just a genuine like, hey, how are you doing today? Like, I know you've been struggling lately. Like, can I do anything for you? Do you need anything? It's never anything like that. It's just like, oh, what are you wearing on Friday night when we go out? Or something so superficial. It's just so disgusting and I just hate it. Like, ask me how I am. Don't ask me how slutty I can dress. Feel me? I, I could like, get behind that for sure. Yeah. But I got to ask you, though. Does it not bother you to know that a guy might be playing the role because he thinks you'll like that? but he's actually just trying to crack the code. I feel like there's a time limit on that though. You're not gonna do that forever. And I- You might be surprised. I, I don't think I would be. I think there's a good rule. I think it's like the three month mark at between the first day that you meet and through the first three months is when you are able to play coy, do whatever you want, make up any stories that you want. But after a while, those lies will catch up to you. Eventually they be eventually they start backfiring. It's not what they meant to say or something like that, or they just were trying to get into your pants in a way. And I have never understood the analogy of just like still hit though. Like, okay, you weren't the only one that had sex. Like that's not, yeah. it's like, oh, good for you. And, and that's like, one thing that I, I think a lot of guys don't understand kind of yeah. going off on a little tangent here. Mm -hmm. Guys put way too much stock in sometimes their ability to, oh, I got her. You didn't do anything. Right. A lot a lot of other guys did. Anyway. Absolutely. So, great conversation. Love the pushback. I think our audience is really going to benefit from this dialogue we're having here. Okay. But one thing we always do here at Big Conversations is we have to ask the question, do you have a problem? So, Jennifer, do you have a problem with anti-vaxxers saying, my body, my choice? Yes. Why? I... I think, looking at my notes really quick because I wrote this down, there is something along with anti-vaxxers that is just so, it's, it's just something that I want to touch on. It's the fact, <laughs> I'm trying to gather my thoughts you and just rambling. Be as aggressive um, as you want. Okay, perfect. Um, in a way that if you were told by the government that you had to, we're going to talk, we're going to talk about COVID how they were mandating you had to have a COVID vaccine if you wanted to travel, if you wanted to go here, there, to get into places, you had to show them like your little card. When I went to New York, they kept asking for it. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, I have it. I'm fine. But um, I, I do think that that was necessary because it was a virus. It was a global outbreak of disease. 
and people were willing to, especially the people that were saying my body, my choice, that are pro-lifers, do you know how many people you let die because you refuse to get vaccinated and you spread the disease around? Like, that's so selfish of you, in a way. Like, those people had their lives. They were thriving. Most of them. Majority of them were thriving. And because you refused because you thought it was the mark of the beast or whatever you thought was of it, you decided, I'm not going to get it because I'm perfectly fine without it. Millions of people died because of it. Okay. So what would happen, walk with me, or this is a hypothetical. I'm walking. What would happen if you had an abortion and that abortion made you depressed? And because you were depressed, you behaved badly. And I, I, I don't want to imply that, like, now you went and murdered somebody. Because I think that's too strong. But I, would you agree with me that someone undergoing mental health issues can be a liability to the rest of the world? It depends on the situation. Okay. If you are <laughs> depressed, are you more likely to behave in ways that are negative to other people, potentially? Yes. Okay. If you get an abortion and that causes you to be depressed, then you're potentially hurting other people around. I think there are differences of having a mental illness based off of just it happened to be in your genes and you're just depressed because that's been passed down to you and you made a decision and that made you depressed. One of them you got unwillingly and the other one you chose to no matter what all of the effects were with, that comes with it. All of the side effects of anything. Everything has side effects no matter what it is. Like, yeah, it's sure. just me coming here. I could get so much backlash for this. Me not coming here, I never would have gotten my opinion out. Like, there's different effects to everything that happens. So, right, right. I feel like if um, I was talking to a friend earlier this week about, we were talking about anti-vaxxers anyways, so this mm. just like kind of was a great idea for you to ask this question. Perfect. But one of the things that we, that we talked about was if um, viruses weren't contagious and they weren't, if they came up with a cancer vaccine for people, for somebody that had cancer, um, that would have absolutely nothing to do with me. Cancer isn't contagious. It's from, it varies from person to person to person. Only the people that have it would need it. That's, that's all that would matter. We wouldn't give a flying shit about it, to be quite frank. Um, but because they are contagious, it was a global thing and everybody needed to have that vaccine in order to stop the spread in a way that if there was a person with cancer that had it, it wouldn't affect me, it wouldn't affect you, it wouldn't affect anybody else. It would just affect the person who has cancer. And so people would see being an anti-vaxxer for COVID as a, as a selfish act against all the millions of people that died because they refused to get a little prick in their arm. Hmm. Point taken. Yeah. Here's why you're wrong. See, Thank you. the vaccine has been shown, and, and please don't misunderstand me. I am not saying that okay. I think the vaccine is just killing people left and right. Not saying that at all. I don't think However, so it was shown to potentially cause myocarditis. I hope I'm saying that right. A heart condition. Just been... like COVID could cause the condition. The vaccine potentially could cause it too. Why I don't have a problem, excuse me, with anti-vaxxers saying my body, my choice, is because if the medical procedure could potentially cause you a health problem that you wouldn't have had otherwise, then I think that person should have the right to say, no thanks, not going to take it. I don't want that procedure. Say that one more time. I don't have a problem with an anti-vaxxer saying my body, my choice, 
because I think anyone should have the right to refuse a medical procedure that could cause a health issue to their own body. Correct. But that was in almost those were those effects happened in people that already had very high risk factors. It wasn't just for you or me. That wasn't going to happen to you or I. You're right. Because we're perfectly healthy. But you and I also wouldn't die of COVID. So let's not misrepresent that either. Well, some people could. And some Imagine. people could die from the vaccine too. So you see what I'm saying? But this I, is why I generalize. Because like right. we can talk about that 1% exactly. or one time okay. in one place in the world. Right. I think it also depends on what it does. For instance, if I vaped, if I had anything that could cause that. COVID was a virus that struck the lungs. Now, if I vape, if I smoke, if I do anything like that, I'm now more at risk, even though I'm perfectly healthy, quote unquote, because of my age, because of my weight, because of everything that like goes with it, my diet, everything. But because I have the one thing that affects where the virus was, that could affect my chances of survival, even though I'm like on a chart, I'm healthy. Gotcha, gotcha. You know what, Jennifer? Agree to disagree. This has been a fantastic conversation. I'm glad we had you on here. Guys, if you want to see Jennifer back, all you got to do is blow up the comments. We can probably make that happen. I'm not going to try to do a rundown of, you know, all the points we went through because we, we covered a lot of ground here today. But what I do want you guys to remember is that the word of the day is lacrimose. And it means emotional, tearful, and given to weeping. Jennifer, it's been an excellent conversation. Anything else you want to say to the people before we go? No, nothing else except invite me back because there's so many other points I want to touch on. <laughs> Sounds good. We'll have to have you back when Peyton's here sometime. Please. Here at Big Conversations Podcast, we're signing out. And as always, I just want to let you guys know to not do anything that I wouldn't do. <laughs>